calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey there, everybody. Jenny is away for one more week, but I feel like you and I are really getting to know each other on a whole new level. So like, I miss her, but this is just nice. It's just nice time for us, you know? I have a few announcements for you before we get to Earshot, where Jenny and I will be talking with Joanna Robinson, friend of the pod, one of our favorite humans of all time. We are so excited and we had a very wonderful time talking about this episode with Joanna. But let's get to the announcements first. Uh, First of all, happy Valentine's Day. Did you know that St. Valentine of Rome was imprisoned for performing weddings for soldiers who were forbidden to marry and for ministering to Christians persecuted under the Roman Empire? Here's the part I think you're going to like. According to legend, during his imprisonment, St. Valentine restored sight to the blind daughter of his judge. And before his execution, he wrote her a letter signed, Your Valentine as a farewell. So now you know that St. Valentine was a magician practicing magic, and that is where uh, signed your Valentine comes from. Seems related to Buffy in some way. Discuss amongst yourselves. Speaking of important information, February is Black History Month, and this is a reminder that we have five handwritten lyric sheets up for sale. The proceeds are all going to the Brown Boy Project. That's Brown B-O-I Project, and this is what they do. Launched in 2010, the Brown Boy Project works to transform the way that communities of color talk about gender. They build the leadership, economic self-sufficiency, and health of LGBTQ people of color, pipelining them into the social justice movement. Super important work. You can grab yourself a lyric sheet by going over to our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, and clicking on the announcement bar at the top of the page. Also, a reminder, our Time's Up t-shirt, which reads, Be the Thing That Monsters Have Nightmares About, will be up for pre-order until February 22nd. In our first couple of days with this t-shirt, we have raised almost $2,000. As of Sunday, we have raised almost $2,000. So it's Wednesday now. Who knows how far we've come? Joss Whedon retweeted our tweet of the shirt, sharing this message and our work with even more people. So it's been a really incredible campaign. We're really excited about it. Uh, And we're off next week. So this is going to be the last podcast reminder for you. You can go on over to our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on shop and you will see it there. You will also see a brand new shirt conceptualized by Maura McDonald and designed by Sophie Arjitsinger. It has a gorgeous praying mantis illustration and it reads, 
pretty girls just make boys lose their heads. A lyric from, of course, Teacher's Pet. It is so awesome. We're very excited. A new addition to our little patriarchy smashing line of apparel over there. Uh, You can find that up again on our website. Just click on shop. Before we go into the show, I also just want to take a quick moment to tell you about an organization that I run. I mention it at the end of every episode, so you've heard of it. It's called My Kid is Gay. And since 2012, My Kid is Gay has been working to provide resources and information to parents and families and loved ones, even educators of LGBTQ people. We work with a network of volunteer contributors to help us build and maintain all of those resources. Literally, almost every person who contributes to the site does so because they volunteer their time. And we're looking for more help in two ways. So I wanted to send out a Scooby bat signal and excuse me for mixing mythologies there. In the way of volunteers, we're currently looking for two things. We're looking for a social media intern, which is someone who can help us run, as you might imagine, the social accounts over there, as well as more parents specifically who have interest in writing for us. If you have any interest in being a part of the work in any way, you can find all of the details for both that social media internship as well as the volunteer writer application over on mykidisgay.com slash buffering. Again, just go to mykidisgay.com slash buffering and you'll see all of the information. I just wanted to use this because I know that we have many parents who listen who might want to contribute and also many of you who might be interested in doing uh, an internship with us. So you can go on over there if that's of interest to you. And of course, let anyone know who you might know who you think would have interest. Last but certainly not least today, I just want to remind everybody that we're discussing earshot. So please be advised there will be discussions around school violence and suicide contained within. I love all of your faces. Next time we are here, next week is an off week. So when we come back on February 28th with choices, Jenny will be back here in the intro with me. But it's been lovely spending the last couple of weeks with you. Here we go. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time. Spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we're talking about season three, episode 18, Earshot. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we're discussing. Earshot was written by Jane Espenson and directed by Regis Kimball, and it originally aired on September 21st, 1999, which was sometime after the episode that directly precedes it. Yes, we'll get uh, into that. Which was in March of 99. Yes, on. yes, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But first, an IMDb yes, description. Uh, this is the one where a mouthless demon infects Buffy with the ability to hear everyone's thoughts. But what starts out as a useful power soon turns into a curse. Wow. This is also the one where Joanna Robinson is here in our home. In our home! Coming at you uh, from the chambers of Sanity Fair. Yes. Taking the night off to talk to us about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hello. Hello. Do you guys have chambers at Sanity Fair? Of course we have chambers at Sanity Fair. (laughs) Chambers upon chambers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is a first. Like, we've all chatted, but not... I mean, we've chatted in the same room, and we've chatted on a podcast, but we have never chatted in the same room on a podcast. I'm going to try to be good about making eye contact with you, but you I don't, don't have to. Make I don't usually do this in a room with other people, as right, I told right. you guys before. So we can gonna... just 
Jenny and I can talk to each other. Yes. And, and you can. We you do can. that like any old day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about why this episode aired when it aired? Because yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's the elephant in the room, I think. Yes, please. So the last episode was what, March? Uh, yes. And this episode was slated to air. They must have been taking a break anyway, because this episode was slated to air the week after the Columbine shooting. Mm -hmm. And the fact that those two things aligned as they did is kind of crazy. But um, obviously they felt like they weren't going to put this on television a week after Columbine. And so um, they held off. And so the order of things, if you watched this in real time, was that you just missed this entirely because they didn't air it until right before season four started. It aired in, like the season ended in July, which is a whole nother thing that we'll talk about. Yeah. And then this happened in September and season four started in October. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was uh, like end of September. They did this. They aired this episode. And um, I, rem I remember it being like such a crazy thing. This was not something that was done that, that I mean – it had been done for other things. Like I think they preempted the Oscars a couple times for like assassinations and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. like, um, but when, you know, um, I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, um, that there was a shoot, you know, there was that shooting of that news team that happened sort of on camera yeah. and Mr. Robot eerily had a shooting of someone on camera oh. in their episode and they, so they delayed it, but, but they just delayed it by a week. Cause they're like, because that's sort of not to like kick this podcast off on a depressing note, but that's sort of the, the culture that we're in now is like yeah. a week later. Yeah. We're not oh thinking God. about that. We're on to the next Something Crazy. like eight other terrible yeah. things have happened. So, well, but like Columbine, you know, for younger your younger listeners or whatever was such like a dominant thing, and we talked about it for so long, we yeah. processed it for so long, so that they delayed airing this for months and months and months, while some people were calling for them to never air it. Like yeah. that mm. was there was a campaign that they should never air it, which I'm glad they did. But um, well, and from what I read, and I I wasn't able to find like source material on this, but from what I read, it seemed like Sarah. Michelle Geller was actually re pushed really hard to have it air when it was supposed to air because she felt it would be really important, like a really important thing, an important message to share, which like, I, you know, like I definitely understand some of that, where that, where you're coming yeah. from, but it kind of, I think what it misses is the people who were also affect, like personally yeah. affected by, you know what I mean? Like to turn on the TV and uh, so. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think there's a more of a case for this episode to go up like i don't know a week later or something mm -hmm. like that then that that mr robot episode is echoing the violence whereas this is about preempting that violence yeah. and sort of a, a greater message of understanding and community and so like i kind of i kind of agree with sarah michelle but yeah. like i also can't fault the network for wanting to just be as respectful as possible obviously you know right mm -hmm. right and how far we have come in again like this is a, it's, it's a super depressing way to start this podcast but it's like this is where we are right now it's kind of where we're living and uh just to think about you know we were all in various high school jenny was a junior you were a senior and i was a freshman in college when columbine happened and like where we were just in a cultural consciousness of oh my god what has happened mm -hmm. today i was doing a little bit of research and you know i know that just a few weeks ago there was a shooting that like barely blipped in like my twitter feed barely anything was said about like the kentucky shooting um at least 
you know, proportionately to right. how we used to talk about these things. And it's really scary. So I, I looked up, there was like a sort of a list of all the school shootings. It was actually kind of interesting because it went all the way back to the, like the 1800s. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah, which was very fascinating to read about. It's just a, it's just a Wikipedia like page sure. that lists them all. But one happened today. There were in, in Los the middle, Angeles. The middle school shooting, Like right? at 9 a.m. Yeah. I, like, it's just the frequency of school shootings has gone up. I mean, I don't know the math, but it's terrifying. I know that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a different time. And also this shooting, for those of you who aren't as familiar with it, was sort of something that was mimicked and mimicked and mimicked and mimicked that, like, what happened at Columbine was something that people looked at and wanted to replicate. It became this whole thing because, you know, they were wearing, like, these long black trench coats. Mm-hmm. So that, like, iconography, like, the Columbine mm-hmm. killer, like – look did become like a copycat thing um and i think that is one of the reasons why the network gave they like didn't want to feed like feed into any sort of copycat right and Mm -hmm. i mean this is a this is a somber note to start the podcast on but i did specifically ask you guys to be on this episode because i kind of wanted to talk about this moment and what it meant um in the buffy fandom and people who were teens in the 90s and people who weren't teens in the 90s parents and mm. younger kids and all of that and and the culture war that happened i mean the culture war that raged over this where everything from video violent video games to marilyn manson um to whatever else was blamed for the columbine shootings um, they they list they were they were fans of marilyn manson is that where that direct connection came from or was it just like marilyn manson wears black eyeliner and sings about things i think i think all these accusations came from their activity so like whatever specific video games they played and you know and, and and that's all just people trying to grapple you know grappling to understand how could this have happened if we just snuff out this one singer can we stop (laughs) it from ever happening again you know we obviously now with more distance know that that's not the case but like um and even you know as a high schooler i was like it's not marilyn manson but um (laughs) it, it was just it became this this hot button long lasting debate and i really do feel like now it would be a day yeah if even that, you know, yeah. the debate was sort of like as you were talking about, like this thing happened and then everyone sort of put their focus out. Reminded me of another episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is the episode with Moo in it, because it was like a, it really was like a yeah. mob. Men- there was a mob mentality to it of like parents trying to protect children and, um, you know, media turning children into violence. Perp- you know, like uh, it just it really got out of control and i remember being really angry about it as a teenager well and it definitely already existed like i remember having special assemblies about it in middle school and like conversation you know years before columbine and that's Mm -hmm. why like there's a there's a scene in this episode which we'll get to that that kristen was like did they write this after and it's like we forget that school shootings and you know teen violence and stuff like that was something we were talking about before columbine it's just columbine became somehow this overshadowing like stand in for all of it in yeah. in the 90s mm-hmm. so yeah the the last thing i'll say before we sort of i mean you know we're going to talk about this again but uh there's a book that i read like many years ago the hour i first believed by wally lamb which is a it's a novel mm. but it's about sort of the columbine shooting and and the aftermath and stuff like that and it was like because i didn't I was aware of the Columbine shooting, but maybe not a lot of the details of it and that sort of thing or a lot of the psychology of it. I thought that was a really engrossing and educational 
book mm. uh, to read and a different sort of perspective, I think, than we usually get on yeah, it. Yeah, so. I want to read that. Yeah. I, I like, like Wally Lamb. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Wally Lamb. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, too, like, I think it, it was interesting uh, to learn that you both were in high school because I, I feel like my experience was just a little bit different. Like, I, I remember watching it on my, like, little TV, like, watching the news coverage and whatever in my dorm room. But, you know, like, you're a freshman in college. And, like, I knew something big had happened. And certainly we talked about it. But I don't feel like it was probably what you experienced, what you both experienced being in high school. I can tell you that I had a very specific, there's a very specific line in the sand of my high school experience that um, was, like, a hinging point that was brought about by the the Columbine shooting, which was that uh, for most of my time at high school, the doors, the front doors to the school were just always unlocked. Mm. Like anybody could walk, any librarian yeah. could just walk in <laughs> at any, any time. Any British man. Any British man. Any or- vampire with an Im- open invitation <laughs> to learn. <laughs> anybody could just walk in the front door of the school and like go into the main office or go to class or whatever. After the shooting, they they installed like auto auto locks and like a, wow. a call box at the front. Wow! Of the school. So Did you that have happen to, like, at your at your in. high school? No, that is that's like some quick action by your high school. I guess. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Thinking about how like based on the fact that their previous security was just whoever. Right. Right. Uh, the fact that they did something like that i guess so quickly is, is ah but i think so, i think people did do like metal detectors started going into schools and mm, stuff like yeah. that like around mm-hmm. that time so it's so complicated though because it's like you on the one hand i'm like oh wow that was quick action by the school but then the other side of that coin is like incidents like this are used i mean we were talking already about how it's used to say like you can't listen to marilyn manson and you right. can't play these video games but it's also used to like police people and this in this specific instance like students at school and like you know measures to protect always make me raise one eyebrow yeah um because the line gets a little wiggly Mm -hmm. buffy helping us talk about life issues as usual okay so should we get to mouthless demons yeah. I think that these are the swim t- this is the swim team. Obviously. Right. They've <laughs> evolved. Yes. Back better than ever. <laughs> they are like the same shape. They're just like gray instead yeah, of Yeah, I think they they spray painted those rubber suits. Green black, yeah, right? 100%. A different color and yeah. stitched that mouth together. Yeah. One yeah. day I want to talk to somebody or several people from the like costume critter and suit the, yes, team. The, yeah. And <laughs> learn those inside secrets. Cause I think yeah. you're right. I wanna I wanna meet the, the evolution person. of werewolves. Yes. I wanna meet the person who picked out the original werewolf costume. I just wanna know. Well, yeah, and this starts with a great, like, Buffy fake out, right? She's running and she looks so helpless in her, like, terrible <laughs> athleisure wear, or whatever she's wearing, and <laughs> uh, falling. And she's like, oh, I'm just a poor slayer. I can't. And then, then she's like, psych, <laughs> I kick you. Yeah. I feel like she could have just kicked him. Yeah, she didn't need to do that. She was but she's just having fun with yeah. it. Yeah, she's like. It's hubris, man. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. just you bored, know? you know. She's got to amuse herself. Uh, also, I know because we were sitting in the same room watching this scene that Joanna and I had the same note at the same time when the goo went on Buffy's hand. We both like you said Alex Mack as I was writing Alex Mack. Yeah. So that was very I've fun. never seen Alex Mack. I don't know anything about Alex Mack. Is Alex Mack 
Michelle Trachtenberg. What? No, it's a no. Larissa Olianek. Wow, Larissa Olianek. Of course, if of course I did not know. <laughs> Obviously. Okay, so what's what's the deal? Name. She can just become. She like, was in an accident, or, or there was an accident. Some sort of radioactive. Yeah, so is radioactive a something. Not a maybe spider. a radioactive pool of mercury <laughs> bit her. Yeah, I think so. It, it was uh-huh. like a truck crash. Vat of goo. Yeah, radioactive goo. I'm gonna say. And so now she can. One of the she things she herself. Yeah. Can become goo. <laughs> she can like go underneath doorways. Like yeah. she can like bloop. So what's up with like I mean, I guess we'd need like a reboot of the later years, but like can she have children? Uh- <laughs> Is my number one. <laughs> Do you know the answer to that, Joanna? I know I mostly know the mythology of Alex Mack and I've seen some episodes, but I didn't want what to if you can- to Larissa Olyanek's <laughs> reproductive organs. I mean, it's 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 none of my business, but if we're asking like if if you're gonna show me uh, some science fiction. Yeah, I'm gonna have some follow up questions, I guess, about I mean, like what are the rules here? Is it like Kyle XY who doesn't have a belly button? And What's it raises, up with that? Yeah, it raises a lot of questions for me. <laughs> Can we do an Alex Mack cast <laughs> <laughs> starting here? Wow! Soon there's just gonna be like the '90s television shows are gonna be all people are watching, rewatching. Yeah, great. When everyone wants podcasts for rewatching, them. rebooting. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, We don't have Kate this episode, so I just want to shout out the beautiful pastels that we get in this episode, which, of course, was slated to air in April, so it makes sense, then aired in the fall. And they were all in, like, Xander really knocks it out of the park. He has, like, a lemon yellow number. Yeah, and, like, a blue, like, a baby blue. And it just... But also his sort of, like... Italian flag shirt. Oh, yeah. It's a bummer. I call it his Christmas shirt. No, that's shirt. my favorite Xander <laughs> shirt. Really? Like, in the, like, this is the epitome of bad Xander shirt. Cause, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks Christmassy to me, but yeah. you're right. Also, Italian flag. But, like, aren't there little lights on the, like, oh, are there, there's, there's that that like squiggles of some Something. kind? Oh, but God. it's fitted. It's At like, least. A, it's like, it, yeah. it fits him. It's not like he's swimming in it. And yeah, it's just the best, worst. Thing that he wears um <laughs> but Buffy is like after she changes out of her two like her baggy athletic uh patrolling gear <laughs> she's in the prissiest outfit it's a yes bit, you know oh, her pink to, sweater set to channel Kayleth baby pink (laughs) with like a little pink handbag and I'm like "Mm, yeah not my fave yeah she's kind of turning a Cordelia corner with that outfit is it just me or since Wesley got to town has the um frequency with which Wesley or Giles says charade yes skyrocketed way up yeah you're gonna make another graph Jenny (laughs) the charade graph If somebody could make a screen grab of uh, with closed captioning of every time charade has been said since Wesley got to town, I would appreciate it. Yeah. And then that can inform the graph. Thank you. Uh, great. Great. Yeah. I'm always putting you to work out there. <laughs> screen grabs a go-go. Um, I, you know, this is the first time I ever watched an episode with you guys. Yeah. I had the oh joy gosh, yeah. of watching this with you guys. And so every time the green mug appeared, I got really excited yes. on Kristen's behalf. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, there are actually plenty of shots where both two green mugs were yeah they like, went hard on this episode many a mug. he's got we're them like, all over we're like office. they would frame a shot and like somebody definitely was like we need the green mug in the sh-. like where like, was somebody's like, right holding one shot. in the foreground drinking yeah. out of it and then there's like one on a shelf we, we uh, got called out on something that I think we deserve to get called out on last uh, or two episodes ago I should say uh, from <sighs> the, from Doppelgangland we, we did not talk about how Cordelia drinks out of Giles's green mug <gasps> transgressive shame so, shame yeah 
But in this episode, they there's like a green mug on the like front desk that is just left there as the scoops go off to investigate yeah. something. And I was like, who leaves the green mug unattended? Kristen could just sneak in there and steal <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are they are expensive collectors <laughs> yeah. items. Even in nineties dollars, they were probably worth a pretty penny. Yeah, we were we were gifted um, three. Somebody sent us three of the D handle green mugs. Oh, nice. Um, and then somebody else sent us one of the C handle green mugs, which are the like are really thick ones, rich with. Green so mugs. I use the D handle ones every day. I have my little uh, tea in my green mug, um, yes, but the C handle one we like never use because we're afraid to break it. I use it. I use it on special occasions. Is it dainty? Like it's no, harder to hold because it's this little handle. It's a dainty thing for dainty ladies. No, it's like. It's like an actually thicker. It's, pro- it's like a diner mug. If a diner mug was like a little bit smaller, oh, gotcha. but then proportionately thicker, yeah, you could knock but someone just, out. It's way the rarer, the more expensive handle. version. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you think your listeners are really excited by how much I just made you talk about mugs? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yes. Actually, you bring up a good point. Let's play the jingle. Well, it's a green mug song from the bottom of our heart. This very handsome glassware will answer every mug prayer and Giles can drink in style and Giles can drink in style Great. We haven't heard the Green Mug song in a while, so I think... I, they really gave us no choice yes. in this episode. Love seeing, like, Giles trying to, like, look like he knows stuff and then getting called out for not knowing stuff and then Wesley trying to yeah. look like he knows stuff and getting called out and then Giles delighting in Wesley not mm-hmm. knowing stuff. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Great. there's a little battle happening here, but, like, a battle where you know Giles is not... He's like, I'm just playing around with this battle. <laughs> I mean, listen, guys, what we definitely know is it's not the flaying of the demon Azeroth. That's <laughs> important to note. That is the fact we learn in it this. It is not that. I also have a note that says Wesley trots in because I believe there's no other verb to describe what happens 100%. when he enters the frame. He's trotting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's not sidling. He's not ambling. He's trotting. And, like, I feel like this trend is continuing where, like, Wesley is like all buttoned up and now Giles is like, well, I'm like wearing my vest, but it's like open and like, you know, I'll just like, I'm just wearing shirt sleeves and a sus- my pair of suspenders. Yeah. Uh, just like <laughs> cash Giles. I mean, costume spoiler alert, which you're welcome to cut out, but it's a slippery slope to like the mom sweaters he wears. <laughs> Starting very soon. I don't, I don't know if it's a spoiler <laughs> or an enticement to. There's also stick some with fleece, some fleece to look forward to. I really once we like once we get out of high school, I really miss librarian Giles because like sloppy at home Giles is not my favorite. Wow. See, as a, as only a one time viewer of the series, I forgot where we were going. Mom and now, sweaters. now that you've said yeah. it, you reminded as a, as a, me. I like. I wear many a mom sweater. I right. am a lover of mom sweaters. I just don't want. Giles, I prefer him as yes. suspenders. So. Yeah, suspenders and a lollipop. Lollipop. <laughs> a lollipop. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so Willow 
Lulu gives some really good advice in this episode, and oh, I yeah? just want to like send her some love. She there's a lot of scenes in this episode where she's like sitting down with Buffy and like really hearing Buffy out and giving her practical advice. And this scene in the hallway is the first time that I wrote down. She says, "Like I invite you to ask. You should you should talk to your vampire boyfriend. You should talk it out." And as someone who has um, made a career, well, now I'm making a career off of talking about this show, but uh, originally I had made a career off of giving advice, and that was, I always said if somebody went to every advice post and looked at them all together, they'd realize that all I said was the same thing. And everyone <laughs> just talked to each other about your problems. And so Willow does it. When you were dating a 234-year-old vampire, mm-hmm. like, were you – did you always make sure to I, ask I did. her, like, what, what she was feeling? <laughs> I did. I always okay. expressed my feelings to her. I yeah. told her how I felt about those years when she didn't have a soul. Right. That, you know, it was really it's hard, hard yeah. for me. And But she looked but, really good in that eyeliner, but, right? Right. Yeah. Looked great in the so. eyeliner. And then I understood that it wasn't just hard for me. It was also hard for her. Right. You know? Had a she had a costly by eyeliner. It's yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy to see that Percy is doing better at school. Not surprised, but happy to see yeah. it. Yeah. And also, I feel like Sarah Michelle Geller is like always uh getting quips. She always has quips, but I feel like in this episode she has like actual great humor and like beats and stuff like in a way that I feel like we don't normally see Buffy mm. delivering like with the infect. Oh. Infect. Infect. The rule of 3. Giles. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> so great. It's a comedy rule of three. Oh, I as a just a, civ- a mere civilian. No, I, I wasn't trying to like. Well, actually, it's a comedy rule of three. I was just like, I was impressed. I was like, Buffy knows the comedy rule of three. Yeah. Wow. Um, we also, I mean, this episode also gives us a a parade of new students that we've never before seen in Sunnydale, <laughs> yeah. including Freddie I Iverson. guess captain of the the basketball team, Ho- Hogan Martin. <laughs> Good old Hogan Martin. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of new students. Yeah, Your favorite is what is what is her name? Oh Nancy, Nancy Doyle. Nancy Doyle. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. And about Freddie Iverson. But like it's a it's it's an episode of Law and Order, basically. <laughs> and they like, <laughs> drop in a bunch of randos to obscure yes. from the obvious who's a person we already know. <laughs> Right. And that's, right. I mean, I don't know if now's the time to, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> Fair. I want to say something about this infect, infect, infect mm-hmm. situation because I, I don't know Buffy very, very well, right? We've only gone through a season and then half of a rewatch together so far, but I just feel like that Buffy usually doesn't panic about shit. And I found it odd that she was as panicked as she was about this piece of the demon. This felt right on I'm for sorry. me. Aspect of the demon. Yeah. <laughs> as the aspect of the demon. Aspect well, okay, think about it, demon. though. Think about it. Her seasonal doppelganger, Faith. Yes. Ostensibly, you know, same starting materials. Mm-hmm. Another Slayer. Um, just, like, went off the deep end and has like become evil Uh, she also has been dating a vampire uh, who when achieving a moment of perfect happiness like lost uh you know his humanity in one fell hits close to home is what you're saying that's what i'm saying and also she's one fell what jenny what Uh, I don't know. I think there was. No, what do you call it when you're like when you're under the sheets and somebody's like sweeping a flashlight? Yeah, and, like, there's like clattering like, and tattoos. Yeah. What is the 
verb for that. I can never remember. Uh, definitely swoop. One fell swoop. They were swooping it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they had sex. So mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. Uh, I I know what it is. Oh, my fur and whiskers. <laughs> All right, touche, Jenny. I. I I, be- I believe what you have said. I stand uh, newly aware of of this point and uh, now understand. Yes. So and also she's like a gal in high school and like I think if <laughs> I want everyone to know that Jenny did like a shoulder it was magnificent. Like, she transformed what? herself into <laughs> a, gal. a gal in high school. <laughs> <laughs> like on the syllable of gal, her shoulder like I'm missing. Yeah, I'm not sitting there and watching Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Metamorphosis. <laughs> She's a gal in high school, and when are we our most insecure and uh, appearance worried selves? If mm-hmm. not in high school, especially if we are a gal, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense, like on a lot of levels, for her to be wigging. All right, yeah. Um, also, she's got the wigs. She's got the wigs. <laughs> Is this the first time we've been, uh, we've uh, seen Cordelia being a cheerleader yes, since, since the tryout? She tried out. <laughs> um, I love it. I don't know why. I don't. I don't even like. I think it is. I just felt very sure that I had not seen Cordelia cheering. There's the. Um, is that the same? Up. Ep- is that the witch episode that's about the line about like the challenge of spelling words with your arms? Is that from oh. the witch? Ooh. That's a great Buffy line, um, and it, oh, but it might be from that episode. No, I feel like we've seen Cordelia in we've that seen her yellow in her outfit. Oh, but actually actively yeah, cheering. Yeah, but I don't and like talking so much talking about so her much identity about as a cheerleader. <laughs> yes, yeah, and how like, underappreciated. So I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> I'll tell you. As, spoiler alert for this podcast: Cordelia's gonna get a jingle this episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> in my soul. Mm-hmm. I like had already written down to give her her jingle very soon, but then she did so many other things that I loved mm. that we'll hold out. While the Sunnydale Cheer Squad is uh, spelling everyone's first name out, which <laughs> I don't remember being a thing, but did, I did guess you ever go every... to the pep rallies? They were uh, not optional. Oh, oh, right, but still, Your like pep was mandatory. Our pep, mandatory our pep, pep rallies were mandatory too. They were like during school I hours. I still it was didn't like, go oh, uh, biology them. is canceled. Go to the gym we for the pep rally or football team. What kind of what <gasps> cool great. high art high school did you go to? We had a soccer team. Also, <laughs> high art high school only made me think of the Ali Sheedy movie High Art. I'm which, always thinking about the Ali Sheedy right? movie High Art, um, <laughs> which is a very specific type of high school. Yeah. Just going to say. Um here's my favorite thing about Sunnydale. Ooh, wow. <laughs> let's let's get into it. Depending on the week it is, there's a different sport. I know that sports have seasons. I understand how sports work. But there's a different sport that's like the most important sport at Sunnydale. Like, is yeah, it right, the football right. team? Right. Is it the swim team? Right. Or this week, is it the basketball Changing team? Changing it up. Yeah. Willow yeah. has become a fan of basketball <laughs> uh, and yeah. a fan of Percy, who we find out in this scene is very needy, which oh, is that's very cute. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Percy fan. I'm yeah pro. I love the the blossoming relationship yeah. between Willow and Percy. I want to see more of that. Um, <laughs> we also see, I think, for the first ever time, the Razorbacks mascot for one brief moment. Oh, it's a person mm-hmm. in a a b- boar suit. Okay, um, which is the first time we've seen a Razorbacks since, mascot uh, since R.I.P. 
Herbert. R.I.P. Herbert. <sighs> so one Stop. of the worst losses in the show to date. Uh, like, yeah. Jenny Calendar. Herbert. I hope. <laughs> no, Herbert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, those bones were totally the wrong size, so it's po- Herbert might be living the sweet life. In Are like- you saying like hashtag Herbert lives? <laughs> First of all, and second of all, get it trending, people. Do you think that Xander gets like upsetting flashbacks every time he looks at the mascot? Ooh, right. Well, I don't think he has a in chance. Air to quotes see doesn't remember anything. Right. That remembers Joanna. Um. We're going to talk plenty, I'm sure, about Freddie Iverson, but let's just like pause and take a moment um, to acknowledge the fact that he was allowed to print an article where he called the cheerleaders pseudo-prostitutes, yeah. that that was published uh, in the school newspaper. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Either no one's paying attention or, you know, perhaps uh, the school staff doesn't care about bigger fish to fry oh Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, or yeah yeah. both of those things (laughs) would be true Mm -hmm. and this is just another example you know it's like oz and xander watching and it's just another example of like um xander being gross Mm -hmm. um to varying degrees of hot of grossness and Oz just sort of like letting it slide off him like teflon and you guys have talked before about like how i think when ira madison was on you guys were talking about like I always thought of Oz as perfect, and I think Iris' point was like, except Oz never called like Xander yes. out on his bullshit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And this is one of those things where, like, you know, he's like, "You're," I think he says, "You're a complicated man" or something like that. When he should be like, "Hey, pseudo prostitutes is not a good thing to call a cheerleader." Like, you know what I mean? That's what my ideal Oz would right. say. Right. right. But, totally. Twenty eighteen yeah. Oz. Oz tries that. to get in a. It's not really my type. Also, yeah, yeah. Saying, you know, yeah. like, but he he's just sort of like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> This guy who is not like me at all. This freaking guy. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of things that guys do, how about when they come up behind you? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I feel like I'm sorry. I feel like Angel. Like this is not Angel's first time sneaking up behind somebody who's using a compact. Agree. This is a move he has honed and perfected Agreed. over two plus centuries. Yes, for sure. Sorry. No, I mean. That, that is actually what Angel says. Sorry. Uh, like, no, you're not, dude. You knew what you were. You were hovering. If you wanted her to know you were behind her, you would have said, hey, Buff. But I do feel like in other episodes, were Buffy not so distracted by checking for horns or whatever it is she was doing in her compact mirror? Usually she'd be like... She would sense hey. him. And without turning around, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Maybe mm-hmm. it was like, their th- it's their thing. I didn't see you there. Whatever. Um, I didn't see you, so I should have known you were there. Is <laughs> what she not... does say. No, no, no. <laughs> um, she is jealous about even the idea of Angel tracking Faith. Like, following Faith to, like, mm-hmm. monitor her behavior or see if she's, like, doing anything evil. Yeah, Like, even I get that. It. Buffy is like, what I get the it. fuck, man? Jenny's... Okay, here's a thing we've never discussed on the podcast before is that Jenny does not get jealous. Like it t- it takes it takes like mountains to make Jenny jealous. I've given up trying. Whereas I'm a person who can get jealous. So I like this isn't really yeah, especially ca- can. Yeah, you you might. I'm I have a wind a stray wind kicks up or something. <laughs> exactly. So this especially ba- like in high school, like forget it. This is a totally reasonable thing to be feeling uncomfortable about because mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. kissed and even though like as adults maybe we're watching this being like blah 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 or as people who know what a healthy relationship is like I don't know but I get it 
I feel like you guys have really absorbed the message of this episode, which is try to have compassion and understand the various plights and foibles of Buffy. And Jenny's like, I understand her concern over growing horns. And you're like, I understand her raging jealousy. Let's all understand Buffy in yeah. this moment. I don't understand her hair in this episode, but, yeah. but Willow is having a really good hair episode. Yeah, Willow's so. like hitting the Pantene hard yeah. in this episode. It's a real good look for her. I learned uh, many years after using Pantene that what Pro-V? Pan- uh, yeah, Pantene Pro-V. Mm. <laughs> what it does is it coats your hair in a substance. Yeah, that, a waxy yeah, substance. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes it shiny. But yes. I didn't realize that yes. until many years after my Pantene uh, shiny hair was covered in I wax. I like to think that Willow Rosenberg was more of an herbal essence girl. Ooh. When did herbal essences hit its stride Ooh. is a important question that we cannot go forward without answering. Definitely the, the 90s. Or was it the early 2000s? All right, hit pause and we will research no, it's, the 90, it's the 90s you know yeah. do you know you're you say that but think about how they're orgasming that he was trying to warn swooping <laughs> I was right like, like when did, like right like did you know when did you know like when would you have been able to put it together but i don't No, i'm saying when would you have been able to put it on tv in a commercial oh no yeah. well let's look it up Jenny, <laughs> it's a recreation of the gasp I just did before I hit record. The brand was founded in 1972 as the single shampoo Clairol Herbal Essence Shampoo. Wow. Officially typeset as Clairol Herbal Essence Shampoo. Why did I read the whole I thing? Don't I don't know. But get to the point. When did the orgasm start? I, don't, I told you I only had partial information. Jenny! Yes, and we have to pause again. <laughs> Herbal essence <laughs> orgasm <laughs> commercial. Because, like, in case you're listening and you don't understand, yeah, the, there are these. I mean, does anyone want to? I don't want to. Yes, there's it. a. I'm no, no one in this room is gonna reenact. No, 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 no. There's their commercials in the commercials. '90s era, according to Racked.com. And uh, what right. has Racked.com ever steered you wrong? I don't know. <laughs> oh, they did one with Dr. Ruth. I forgot about that. Ah. Oh, and then SNL did Herbal Essences for Men. The 90s were like a heavily sex positive time. Yeah. You know, it was when we yeah, had- like Love Line. Lo- exactly. Yeah. When we had Love Line, Dr. Mm-hmm. Ruth. There was mm-hmm. just like a lot of people talking about sex very openly. Salt and Papa were talking about sex in all their songs. It looks like it looks like 98 was right. like the height of the orgasm commercial. So we can, in our alternate reality of whatever- we can say that Willow watched the commercial in 98 and was like, that's for me. Yes. I'm kind of a crunchy hippie girl. I like yeah. to smell like rose petals and also do some swooping. So, <laughs> yeah, that know. was the some of her internal vampire Willow coming out when she was attracted to that uh, herbal essence shampoo. So go. for those of you who don't wow. know what the hell we're talking about still, the commercials, you should just Google they're it. They're on but, YouTube. Yeah. They're all, you start with the Dr. Ruth one. Yeah. It, basically, the, the beautiful smell and uh, feel of herbal essences shampoo uh, would cause women uh, specifically to orgasm. No, what? No, they're not orgasming. They're just like, yes. No, but it was yes, like, because they love the smell. But it was right. like, but it's, I think, I think the premise of the commercial <laughs> is, great. is like, <laughs> is that people would be outside the bathroom and right. they would hear from the shower right. the sounds and they're like, she is enjoying herself in the shower. Right. When in fact she was just delighting in yeah. the and in then I the beautiful wasn't scent. the catchphrase like purely organic or oh, purely yes. Yes. simply organic like a play on orgasmic organic something like wow. that yeah I don't think it was organic but it was like a play on 
orgasmic. Right. I, I feel bad that we've just described these commercials and not actually watched them. <laughs> Why Please don't we all watch, watch them for with our... your friends and family. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Enjoy this relic of the nineties. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> back real quick to Detective Angel. Detective Angel. So Detective Angel uh, is, you know, not going to let anything happen to Buffy. But there's a, a moment here where he explains to her that even if she's like covered in goo, he'll still love her, which is not a plot line we're unfamiliar with because in Go Fish, we heard the same thing. From Cordelia to Xander. Aww. Even if you turn into a fish, I will still love you. Yeah, but if you cheat on me, it's fucking over. <laughs> yeah, fair fucking reasoning. I have to shout out to Oz Mamas that I believe we've glossed over. And I was <laughs> I was watching uh, another season three episode today, earlier today, and I realized this, that like I was so into Angel in season two. I really was, my teenage self. I was over Angel in season three and I was like, on the Oz train. Mm. And then after that, it's someone else's train that I am on. But like, this is my like Oz year, big time. I know we already talked about yeah. my Oz thing on this show, but like, Oz saying dryly when they are reading the student newspaper that he usually just goes straight to the obits <laughs> is a really good line. <laughs> and then when they're talking about how much they enjoyed the basketball game, and Xander goes, like, I thought you were going to make an expression, and Oz goes, not going to lie, I felt one creeping on. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Oz, if I watched perfect. this in high school, I, or I guess I would have been in college now, but if I watched this when it was on, I think that I would have been an Oz. Like, that was always the character I gravitated yeah. toward in like 90s television and 90s movies. The Seth like, Green character. The Seth Green character, or the, um, why can't I think of the actor's name from Clueless with the like longer hair? Uh, Breck and Meyer. Breck and Meyer. Yes, the Breck and Meyer character. Star Rat Race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Buffy's reading minds. We find that out. That That is, that's a plot. And uh, plot I line love, I love. How it happens because the first time that we watched this in this watch, uh, like a couple months ago, probably, yeah, I didn't realize, like, because you don't, it's not like super, super overt that Xander's mouth isn't moving, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and like obviously there's an effect on the sound, but if you're not like ready for it, you might not necessarily notice it, yeah. And I like had that experience of like putting it together in real time with people on the show. This is a great. Yeah, story. Well, I I love, I love the way I, I love the way that it's done too. When it's many voices, like I love what they do with this, and and this is like kind of what we were talking about with Sarah Michelle Gellar wanting the episode to air. It's like I just think it's really cool that I think it, I think they did a very good job at giving us an insight into what's going on in everybody's minds. I think they did a mixed job with their own characters. Great job with the rando teens in the hallway. Like some of it's really good. You know, just hear like a random girl go like I hate my body or yeah. whatever. But then you hear one boy go like someday my jeans are just going to fall all the way off oh, my yeah. body. <laughs> and that's why I have in all caps. This is definitely what teens think. <laughs> okay, yeah, solid call. I focused, on, I focused on what I liked. Yeah. Yeah, it's Love a mixed bag in that yeah. hallway scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, these, pants, these pants are just going to fall right off. Um, oh but, God. like, the bottom line uh, seems to be that all men are pigs, I guess. Yeah, which really begs for a jingle, if I do say so for myself. The Patriarchy! <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. 
Yes, men, still pigs. <laughs> uh, Snyder, one shout out to what Snyder's thoughts were <laughs> that he had to walk like an Egyptian stuck in his head. <laughs> very great. Very, very. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Great. I'm interested in like that Buffy's like first thing is like, I'm now going, I can read minds. I'm going to excel in class. Yeah. <laughs> Which ne- never, I feel like she's never been particularly like academically aspirational or never like portrayed herself as like. I think she just hates what's her name? What's her, what's her Nancy name? Nancy Doyle. Doyle. Nancy Doyle. I think she just wants to stomp so out. So we don't have Doyle. the background on that because, as we already discussed, <laughs> multiple characters have been inserted into the Sunnydale universe and like we're expected to like know about them and give a shit. Right. Context clues, you know? Yes. Um, but. First of all, they study a lot of Shakespeare at Sunnydale. Yeah. It's like maybe the only thing they study. I think this is just a Shakespeare class. Uh, Secondly, I guess this is my time to be um, empathetic for Buffy. And I will say that (laughs) I think she's tired of like feeling like a dummy. You know what I mean? She's, we don't think she is a dummy, but like she's constantly behind and like her mom is always chiding her that she's not doing well in school. And, Mm. you know, her best friend is the brain and all of that sort of Mm. stuff. So, I mean, I do like that she's not there to show up Willow. Like that's not her intention, but um, I kind of get it. Kind of get it. I I don't think that would be like the first. The first thing she would do is what she does later, which is go see Angel. That's obviously the first thing that she would do mm-hmm. with it. You know, what right? I mean? But and, instead- and I, 
I think that they're teasing out too, like that she feels not a part of things, you know, like that. Right. Like, well, she can't go to the basketball game. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to participate in school. You've never seen someone yeah. participate in school. <laughs> the way I'm about to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I also just in the scene, a moment that made me laugh is when she says the like, he's the dark half of Othello himself. And like the teachers wowed, <laughs> but also all of the students are like, wow. wow. And I was like, really? Like, no, I don't feel the class would react like that to the revelation yeah. to this deep thought from Buffy like I feel like half of them wouldn't be paying attention and they were all like wow Buffy. or like show off or right yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. this is where we get further information about Freddie Iverson the uh, <laughs> I guess editor-in-chief and only writer of the school newspaper yeah. uh, <laughs> Willow says excitedly he's sardonic <laughs> so weird and I couldn't help but say that about him every single time he appeared on the screen after yeah, that I yeah. mean he's so dumb. do you think that was part of the character description like when they cast the role Freddie Iverson sardonic teen sardonic teen yeah. <laughs> uh, so we go to the mansion this is where I have fail, failing vamp girlfriend 101 yeah <laughs> Jenny was so upset about this too um why? First of all, okay, Buffy should be careful with the drapes in the middle of the day. But also, angels should maybe just not be pacing by the drapes in the middle of the day. And most importantly, why doesn't Angel have some kind of airlock, like spaceship airlock, New York restaurant in the winter time, mm. sort of double, double curtain. Like you have the curtains, and yes. then you have the other curtains, yes. and then you don't have this fucking problem. Yeah, it does seem very close to the sun. I feel pretty strongly that if he were to double insulate the mansion then he wouldn't have an excuse to build a fire <laughs> and you know but it would but also it would be warmer and he there would be a reason he's just wearing a tank top again ah. sure. he's like well given the double insulation i gotta take my other shirt off um i mean my question is why hasn't he done like the bare minimum of what Spike would do which is paint the windows black or something yeah. you know what I he's mean? too like classical like that's like Spike paints the windows black because he's because of practical reasons but also because he's like punk rock yeah um what about stained glass Ooh. Would a vampire get burnt? Like I don't think so. Yellow. I, no, 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 yes, but maybe slower. Okay. okay, yeah, fine, maybe slower. But I feel like there are a lot of vampires in non-direct sunlight that we see often. So I feel like that I mean, seem like Angel's the kind of pretentious asshole who would have stained glass. Yes, all up on Vamp Mansion. Yes, 100%. totally. But he also just—that's a found mansion that he moved into. It's not like his property. He seems to have plenty of money. He's interior decorated it though. <laughs> but like, he went to sure, Pottery he went Barn. To Pottery Barn. <laughs> yes, but like. He like imagine okay first of all contractors who come in and replace your windows are going to do that during the day. So then hangs, you're not even going to have You don't think that Angel has glazing skills? <laughs> He's on a glazier. He can also go to his favorite antique shops and buy some windows to hang in front but of But I guess the I mean like if it is I mean I learned listening to this really informative podcast that Sunnydale is actually Santa Barbara and in Santa Barbara <laughs> there is like a you know a relic of a mansion that overlooks sort of the town yeah. mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and i guess maybe people like people maybe aren't noticing that there are roaring fires in this mansion or whatever but maybe they would notice one day if like all the windows suddenly became elaborate uh, stained glass. yes but i think it's more like angel is like what 
this is like 13th century glass, like with a the original like warp to it. You know what I mean? Uh, like I feel like, like he's some sugar glass. That's jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's committed to maintaining the original glass. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just seem like what <laughs> yep. he'd be into? Sure does. Uh, yeah. You know what else he's into? That his <laughs> thoughts also don't cast <laughs> oh a God. reflection. More he... more metaphysics. Yeah. The way that he delivers that line, like. It's like the mirror. The thoughts are there. But they create no reflection. reflection. <laughs> like, get fucking over yourself, bro. <laughs> Don't ever like, get over but I yourself. Do, like, I do kind of like the way that Boreana is like, uh, as Angel is just sitting there and she's like doing her... Cartwheels, things. yeah, and like, tr- huh, uh, uh, <laughs> and like, I don't, like, we don't like. Can he tell that she's trying to get in there, or like, what? Well, I don't know how he figures out. Well, he's Not a, that it's hard to figure it a out. Detect, he's oh. a detective. <gasps> detective Angel. <laughs> but he just stares blankly forward, and finally, he's like, "Can't read my thoughts." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not gonna happen, bro. Uh, and then he explains his, his <laughs> sordid past with bad girls. Hundreds. You, you hundreds. wouldn't. I wouldn't believe how many. Oh my god. <laughs> we also get an age up, a confirmation. Yeah, update. yeah, yeah. Two hundred and forty-three. Two birthdays since the show began. Mm. So I'm, this is canon that Angel does not count his years in the hell dimension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there were no. Weren't, no there no bad no cakes, girls. No cakes in the hell dimension. No cakes. They gave him no cakes. <laughs> it's just that if you are 243 years old and you've only ever loved exactly one person, don't you think you would like maybe have the presence of mind not to to like after being like, I don't want a bad girl. I've done that before. To maybe just like stop yourself and not say, I've been with dozens of girls like her. Mm. And then maybe not, maybe stop yourself there and not say more. more. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he is a funny guy. So, (laughs) okay, but this is this is like credit where it's due. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the best Boreana's line readings of all time. Yes. True. Just so she's like, immortality is a burden or whatever, and he's like, and he's like, I'm dying to get rid of that. (laughs) That's funny. Deadpan. I'm a funny guy. Yeah. It is. Great. It is. <laughs> Great comedy. I think I like this whole scene with Angel. I feel like we get another little layer of Angel. Yeah. And I really could have done without his, like, past of swooping every bad girl that he ever saw, <laughs> ever. But. I just felt like he was very, I don't know, it seemed like a, a that's something you would do, Jenny. Just like Oh, 100%. That's why I'm, you know. Uh, judging him harshly. Ah, I see. The next scene is where we find out, like, what each of the how each of the scoobies are like going to react to having their mind read and going into it i mean i i can't remember the last time i saw your shop within the last couple years but i was going to it i was like i know there's one person who like whatever they think they just actually say it and i was like is it oz no oz is thinking about like descartes it's not willow it's not and then like and I was like, and then it happens. I was like, oh, of course, it's Cordelia. It's perfect. perfect. <laughs> Literally the whole episode yeah. is everything she thinks that she says, which I think we should give her her jingle for. Because you know what? She she uh, she doesn't like tact. And, no, 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 and, no, we, no. and she proves herself in this episode. Cordelia, 
another unfortunate Wesley. Oh, monologue. come on, man. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just can't it's do this pass. plot line. It's, it's, a, not, it's a not bad, great. Never a good time for the plot line, but especially not a great time for this plot line. I yeah. just have no room for it. No thanks. No thank you. Xander uh, scrambles to do some like very bad hell math. Oh. When he's trying to think unsexy thoughts, he's like, five times four <laughs> is like 23 or something. Oh, I thought he got him right until he got up the chart. To the to where he couldn't do them anymore. He got them wrong. Yeah, he was just doing bad math. Wow, bad math. We just got came out of a Cordelia jingle, and you said hell math. We got to have another jingle. Sorry. No, I mean I think the people I think the people would be happy if all we did was play jingles the whole time. Hell math. One of the best Oz exit lines of all time in the history of the show is "As will go, so goes my nation." Right? Mm, yes, yes. Um, of course. But follow the redhead is also <laughs> a good one. From this episode so he's just so aware you know he's just so aware of like being present with his girlfriend and like which is really nice mm-hmm. he's a good pick so it's a very quick turn from a uh, delightful new gift and skill to uh unbearable burden right isn't it right i mean it it stands like this is a pretty easy jump for me you're talking about the mind reading Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's it, right. How could you go through life like this and survive and not lose your entire mind? You Especially couldn't. when somebody in the cafeteria is going to kill everyone tomorrow. Yeah. This is very overwhelming to me. Like the when All the, vo- the voices when the voices like really get to a fever pitch in the cafeteria, like it makes me very anxious. I think it, I think they did a good job is what I'm trying to say. Making me feel anxiety, making like the viewer feel a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. From the, like increase of how many voices and how quickly they're all talking and you know I don't it's very like I don't know why but I wanted to say like it's very Slytherin when the voice the last voice oh like like, parcel tongue yeah that's why thank you I was like what is the thing that I'm thinking of right because it like all stops and then you just hear that one like pissy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm mm-hmm I'm glad we got to say, I'm glad someone got to say parcel tongue. (laughs) Jonathan is also here. No big deal, guys. It's fine. He's just here for one scene, I think, right? He's just here to talk about mashed potatoes and that's it. His usual Jonathan thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, I'm here. I wear striped shirts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jonathan. I have only striped shirts. People who were people who were watching the series for the first time when we were like, Jonathan, we're so confused. And I think they're rounding the bend to understanding why Jonathan is somebody. It's somebody. Jonathan's person. You know when you fucking pass out and then people pick you up and carry you all the way outside to yeah. the lawn? I'd like to see that scene. <laughs> where they, yeah. where those six of them carried her out to the lawn. And I'm with Cordelia. That's just not safe. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what kind of cord. spinal injuries you might have had. That's true. Uh, this is also like a very popular gif, which was my first thought when I saw it. The like... Everybody all of them looking, all, all of them looking mm. down. I've seen this uh, many times in my feed. I really like how often you guys are like, oh, it's a gifable moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they're going to make a list of the students who are in the cafeteria so they can start their own personal detective work. Guess what? Yeah. It's all the new students we've met in this episode, <laughs> plus Jonathan. I did not see that coming. Oh, my God. Blew my mind. What's hilarious is there's like... So many students in the cafeteria when yeah. that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Xander's the only one we see canvassing other people, and he's just being a cr- real oh, hard creep about it. That so. whole scene, that like breakdown of uh, of all of their investigative uh, questioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, wait. First, I want to talk about Giles. 
uh, being a dad in this moment when uh, Buffy is, um, you know, recovering from passed mm-hmm. out. And I was like, oh, Giles is being such a dad. And then he has the thought of, <laughs> if it doesn't go away, she'll go insane. Which is like, <laughs> like cool it, dude. Keep it together, man. Just for she a can second. Hear you. Um, and then if we're going to talk about the investigations, for the questioning first, I just don't want anybody to panic. We're going to come back to a very important scene. Yeah. What yeah. happens between here. But yeah, the cross-examinations. Of Jonathan is is like funny yeah. and Oz I thought was really funny the Oz and Percy basketball court uh, no that wasn't Percy that was uh, what was that Hogan Martin oh my god I'm so sorry Kristen can't tell one I sports can't... guy from another sports when guy asking, when he's asking him like so how much sorry. strain like blah blah puts on him and, and Hogan Martin goes moderate strain is that, is that good? a good answer I want to get it right I think that's why in my mind it was Percy because it was like you know. I really like Hogan Martin and I'm bummed I mean like okay first of all when we were watching this through the first time I was like why do we bother with like making Hogan Martin a character when we have a perfectly good Larry um and then I later found out why because they yes. deploy Larry very well or mixed but um <laughs> but when Hogan Martin is so charming in this episode, I was like, I wish we had more Hogan Martin. Yeah. Why didn't Hogan Martin go to college? It's like them? Donna Martin graduate, yes. Hogan Martin also graduates, graduates yeah. and matriculates. <laughs> wow. Hogan Martin Hogan matriculates. matriculates. <laughs> oh my God. Great. This summer on the WB. Oh. Hogan Martin <laughs> Oh my wow. God. Uh, Cordelia doing Cordelia's thing. Uh, excuse me. Were you planning to kill a bunch of people tomorrow? <laughs> it's <laughs> for the yearbook. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And then this is what you were mentioning. My note is just fucking Xander. Yeah. Not helping anybody. Just trying to flirt with ladies. No, dude. Like, that's what you're going to do when your friend is, like, in peril. Right? Come on, man. Your friend's in peril oh, and there's man. possibly going to be a school shooting tomorrow and you're like... What's up, ladies? Talking to some girl named Candy. It's the worst. Uh, we skipped over a couple scenes. Like, I know we're going to get to, like, the super important scene, but yeah, we yeah, also yeah. skipped that scene that Kristen thought was written after oh, when yes. it happened, which is where Oz has the line uh, that school shootings are bordering on trendy at this point. Yeah, and I, right. I, I had done so much Columbine reading today, mm-hmm. I think, that I had, like, convinced myself that that was the, mo- the moment. I mean, it was a moment, but... I, it wouldn't have occurred to me that before that that was something that was already part of our consciousness as much as it was, I even think, though I lived through it. I think the rifle in the watchtower, which is something that they like, you know, the high powered rifle in the in the watchtower or the tower, not clock tower, watchtower, yeah, watchtower. <laughs> all along the clock tower. Um, <laughs> the uh, that's like I think something that makes me think of like I feel like it was happening on college campuses or Mm. something like that before anyway um in all the articles that I read about like the Buffy cast giving interviews about this episode being delayed that line got brought up over and over and over again Uh, something that they sort of had to like defend mm -hmm. because it sounds a little flip yeah Um, yeah you know so yeah yeah Yeah, by problem maybe after Columbine they wouldn't have written that scene right oh yeah or right. that line i don't think that, that i don't think you'd see a line at least you might i think you might see a line written that way but not delivered in that way like you know what i mean like if there was a darker edge to it yeah. or something but it was just sort of right it was very flippant yeah i wouldn't make it an oz line for sure um we get a shot of the newsroom where we see a handful of headlines <laughs> including <laughs> apathy on the rise nobody cares <laughs> Well, he oh. is sardonic. Freddie we Iverson is sardonic. <laughs> this so, is so. Freddie. Freddie is Veronica from Heather's. Like yes. you know, he, oh. he's wow. 
I love it. Yeah. Um, Do you guys identify with Freddie Iverson at all? Yeah. I mean, in that I hide under my desk when I've written bad reviews <laughs> of things. Yes. <laughs> Every time. I wish I had his fashion sense, though. Um, and then it, it, is this a segment of the podcast where I teach you guys Cockney rhyming slang? Yes. Yes, yes please. 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 Um, Giles, in reference, I must be to Wesley, though. I didn't write it down, but I'm sure it was Wesley. He calls Wesley a Burke, uh, which is Cockney rhyming slang for... You guys know how Cockney rhyming slang works, right? No, no, no not no at all. Okay, no, I'll use the example of apples and pears. Apples and pears means stairs. So that's Cockney rhyming slang for stairs. So like, oh, I fell down the apples and... Oh, I just offended all your Cockney listeners. <laughs> fell down the old apples and pears, all right? And okay. then sometimes you just take the first word, not the rhyme. So pears rhymes with stairs. Sometimes you just take the first word and you just say the apples. That's how Cockney oh. rhyming slang oh. works. Wild. Um, how do you know all of this? Um, raging case of Anglophilia. Like, put up your dukes is put up your Duke of York's is put up your forks. Like, that's where that all comes wow. from. Wow. So, um, you're blowing people's minds right now. <laughs> so, Burke is Berkshire Hunt, and the hunt rhymes with <gasps> the C word that sounds wow. like. Wow. Put it wow. together, folks. Wow. Letting it pass the FCC. Yeah. What's Berk- up? Berkshire Hunt. Yeah. That you draw your own conclusion. I would have had no idea. That so when he great... said it, I gasped. I was like, that's a rough for, I mean, you know, the C word means something different for British people, but I was still like, wow, all right. All right wow. Jazz. Thank you for that lesson. Thank you for that educational lesson. Please. Um, I'm looking forward to all of your British listeners being like, she got it all wrong. Let me <laughs> yeah. tell you how it really The is. apples and pears, though. I think I might start saying that. Is that okay? It just, to use it? <laughs> it just feels overwhelmingly chaotic. Like how there's no accountability. <laughs> this, something has to rhyme and remind you of something else. Like what? Yeah. I but what if you developed your own mm. buffering rhyming slang? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Submissions great. welcome. Great, great, yeah. great. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about uh an Englishman and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and an another, American. Another amazing moment of Sarah Michelle Geller comedy, I think. Yeah. Well, well done. And and an amazing uh missed opportunity from Kate Leth here with the cow pajamas. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. that's important. Very was- critical critical piece of costuming i i think i talked about this the last time um that i was on but whenever i think of an episode of buffy like i usually have like three images and four lines that sort of flash in my mind and for this it's like the quicksilver goo the cow jammies for some reason um jonathan um and then like what's about to happen that we're about to talk about but the cow jammies for some reason are integral to like the whole thing for me i don't know why so oh so this is the scene that um we got they're not yelled at but when we did band candy Mm -hmm. i was i didn't remember this so i was like but did they have sex or did they not? And I got a lot of emails of like, were you just not spoiling it or did you not remember? And you're like, oh, yeah, it was, I was just I was, not yeah, spoiling it. I was not spoiling it. No, I just obviously. didn't remember. I'm a really thoughtful podcast host. Your <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get confirmation here. And uh, I, I read a, an article that said that uh, Jaina Spenson, who wrote this episode, put that in so that there would be no debate. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> there would be no Kristen's being like, but did they? She's like, they did. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Damn it, Kristen. They herbal essence all over yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 
Amazing. Yeah, it's a really great moment. And just Joyce, like, not coming into the room. Like, yes, just doing anything she can to stay out of the room so she doesn't accidentally (laughs) think it so that Buffy can hear it. And also, like, this is another great example of what we were talking about in a recent episode where somebody needs to get information, but there's not a, like, realistic way that it would happen, Right, right. Maybe Buffy doesn't need this information, per se, but we need her to have it so that we can laugh and laugh and laugh. And what better way for her to get that information than to uh, suddenly be given the gift of mind reading and then have to hear her mom try not to think it. It's so good. So it's like, you want a pillow? You want a blanket? I gotta gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get... Back to the gallery. Very gotta, busy weekend. Gotta wash your other cow jammies. Maybe I'll look at some other masks to hang in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. mm, I have to go by Pat's grave. Uh, oh, uh, oh, oh, single tear. Speaking of uh, proud gay characters like Pat. Yes, Larry. Larry. Congrats, Larry. Well, congrats on coming out, man. Living his not best just, life. Not just, I mean, <laughs> listen, gay ladies, I'm about to tell you about Good depiction of gay characters. Yes, please. Well, I just, I really like that, you know, Xander's assumption is that, like, you know, being gay is, like, definitely puts Larry at the top of the list for being the mass murderer in the school. And Larry's Um. like, yeah, I'm good too, though. (laughs) Yeah, being gay, you know, as I'm, I'm not shameless plug or whatever, but I'm working on this other podcast called Still Watching where we're watching American Crime Story Versace and there's this whole hesitancy around that because any time that there's a mass murderer who's a gay character it's like this is an uncomfortable or like a overly used stereotype in pop culture Mm. and so the fact that they're like is the mass murderer the gay character hell no Larry's super well adjusted (laughs) (laughs) so it's fine Xander still has a touch of the gay panic but Larry's doing fine Mm -hmm. right right Larry's grandma is even doing fine Mm. Like, great. Yeah. Good job, everybody. <sighs> and then. Then? Why and then. And then what? Size. And then Giles oh, goes by the yeah. summer song. Oh, and right. what's he wearing? I gasped. You, you guys heard me. <laughs> so loud. We said, like, Joyce is standing in the doorframe, and behind her is Giles striking a pose. I, like, please go rewatch the scene where they're both in the doorframe of Buffy's bedroom. And I was like, what is he wearing? And Jenny's like, he knew he was going over there. He's wearing a black button down. It's Unbelievable. Like, it's very good. I'm like, I this is... He you is, know, it's a Randy Ford Giles fashion watch. It's the most Taylor <laughs> thing that's ever happened. It's a black button down with a Tweety blazer on top, some dark slacks, mm. no tie, mm. rumpled hair. Looking mm. good. Looking great. Yeah, but you, you know, know what? He just rolled off the hood of a police car. <laughs> oh, wow. I wouldn't kick him wow. up. So to cool us down from our overwhelming uh, heat from seeing Giles in this outfit, we get to watch Buffy drink heart pulp. <laughs> no, in, like the most so romantic. elaborate container you've ever seen. Yeah. Like it's like a beaker. Why wouldn't they use a Nalgene bottle? Like why? Because <laughs> Angel did it. Yeah. Angel was like, uh, I need to get the heart, and then I need to stop by the antique store <laughs> for the proper the, the beaker. perfect beaker. But it's got like a wood. It's the craziest thing. Mm. I want to know if like. You know, one of the Buffy writers found that at a flea market, or like where that prop came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of these days we're gonna get all the answers we need. I can't wait. I hope anyway. So Jonathan is in the clock tower. It's revealed 
that it is Jonathan and that it is Jonathan in the clock tower. With the high-powered rifle. Yes, with the high-powered rifle. Blazing past Angel to become the sweatiest character who has ever been in this show. I feel like Danny Strong has always been sweaty on this show. This is his sweatiest. Oh, yeah, because I was like, this is extreme sweaty. He's by far his sweatiest. You feel like he's been like nervous sweaty? Yeah, he's Mm. always like a little flop sweaty. (laughs) That's Jonathan's thing. Well, it's probably really hot in the tower, too, if you think about it. Like, it's high up. Uh-huh, well, he uh-huh. also like is about to do something. Yeah, right. yeah, he's also upsetting. stressed, right? And then Buffy's yelling at him. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, um, I just love this use of Jonathan. This isn't like so. Mm-hmm. So, um, Janice Spencer also said that like it was her idea to make the person Jonathan rather than like Hogan Martin or, or Freddie, Freddie Iverson. Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> Or what's her name? Nancy Doyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nancy Doyle in the whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> point, <laughs> yeah. Point being that like they took this side character and then this is like, I mean, I'm not going to talk more about it, but I'm just going to say that this is not like we already saw with Anya. Like, I think the show more and more is like taking characters that you think are one offs or side characters or whatever. And like Larry, too. And just like really starting to develop them and give mm-hmm. them dimension and stuff like that. And I love this use of Jonathan. Jonathan is one of my favorite characters in the whole Buffy lore. I mm-hmm. have a huge soft spot for Danny Strong, who's now like a big shot yeah. um, screenwriter and producer. But um, yeah, I just, I, it's a genius choice. I yeah. Think, and I, I think they do like a really good job with it too. Danny's like, great. Yeah. I yeah. Say, he- like, we're best friends. My, yeah, my boy Dan great. is great. Um, and we'll we'll be able to talk about this a little bit more down the line, but I just want to put a pin in this, and hopefully then I'll remember to pick up the pin in a handful of episodes. But there, this episode aired out of order, and we watched it sort of seeing, like, was there, like, would it have really messed anything up? And this conversation is something that we'll, I think, touch on in another episode that might have been a little weird. Without it would have been some... helpful to have this yes, episode. It would have been helpful for, for an episode you guys are going to talk about soon. Yes. Right? The thing, the note that I have after Jonathan's so sweaty, which is, <laughs> is a note that I have on my phone, is, and I said this out, I feel it's like it's weird watching the episode and then talk to you guys about it because you are like, you've already heard some of my quips, I guess. <laughs> but right before. Buffy said this, I was like, oh, this is the Don Draper moment. And my one of my favorite Don or the Don Draper line that haunts me the most from Mad Men is Should I cover my ears, Irma? It's not really okay. a spoiler. It's just classic Don Draper, which is like this character uh, who works for him, Ginsburg in the elevators, like, you know, you think this about me and you think this about me and you're so wrong, blah, blah. blah. And then he just says, cool as a cucumber. I don't think about you at all. I think about that all the time. Whenever I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, this person thinks this about me. And I'm like, no, probably don't think about me at all. Um, and that's what Buffy says to Jonathan. She's like, I don't think about you much at all. Yeah. Buddy. Cause she, be and it's like, she just got that insight too, that, that, you know, she, she knew probably for herself yeah. that, you know, she could infer, but then having this experience of like, oh, wow. Like, literally everyone is thinking about themselves mm-hmm. which is true that's what everybody does all the time we but think also about like maybe have this conversation with jonathan later well i mean if it she feels like known, a little harsh it feels definitely harsh oh if she but had, she thinks she that thinks he's, he's about to kill everyone yeah. rather than like kill himself yeah right. it's she's like a right be kind of sympathetic but see harsher than i think she would be if she thought he was up there just to hurt yeah. himself right you know? right 100%. right right um, 
Yeah, because she's she's mostly angry. I mean, she's like glad to be there and wants to deescalate the situation, but she's like, this dude was gonna. She also just like ran up the oh railing. Oh my god! Of, like, yeah. Can we talk <laughs> about that? Just like Nancy Doyle would have Holy done. Holy shit! Can that. Buffy's done a lot of cool shit up to this point in the series, but this might be one of my top moments like the only the moment i just thought of when i said that is way early on when she does that flip when angel and her in the alleyway like Ooh, the first time like, she meets mm-hmm. angel or doing a handstand so, yeah, on a rail on pole this is up there with that move That's yeah and great. then she like and then the way she gets herself up on the roof she oh does like God. a wire stunt yes. flip in the air and stuff like that in front of the whole school yeah so yep. she was trying to keep her identity under wraps uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. out of the bag slayers out of the bag slayers out of the um, so before we have, I think the scene, the scene that we're talking about with Jonathan, I just really want to make sure that we talk about Cordelia's business suit in the scene where they're, where they find out, of course, that Freddie is not going to He just wrote anybody. a bad review just, about the dingo's name. Right, right, yeah. right. Like, um, she's wearing a full on business suit and I have a note that says Cordelia full on business suit, <laughs> but it's, it's like distracting because of Willow's yellow bucket hat. Yes. <laughs> it's like they really went hard on like let's really show their characters and yeah. their costume and you're a scene. yellow bucket hat person and you're a business suit lady i'll tell you who i was in high school was a bucket hat <laughs> i didn't notice any of those things oh my god i was too busy listening to cordelia talk about how the cheerleaders are so unsung <laughs> which is my fave that is all as yeah. she right after she reads jonathan's suicide note <laughs> oh my i know god. we just watched this episode but how did uh does he say in his note where he is? How does Buffy find him? I don't think so. I think she sees him. Yeah, oh, she, she sees him. Sees him. him. Yeah. They're yeah. like, they're reading that letter. Like the, that. Oh, she's not even in this scene. Happy yeah, coincidence. Right. Yeah. Or like yeah, a, she yeah. sees him up there and man, I'm going to go to that high school and, and just see if I can do it. I, I want to like see if it. I can. You got to wear, you gotta wear some sneaks. Yep. Yeah. That's and that was some a, voluminous pants. We noticed that when we watched the episode. It was like finally <laughs> some sensible footwear. Yeah, but for some, buff, some baggy pants. Sorry, I keep calling her buff. That's like what Angel calls her when he's angel. When he's evil. So yeah, I don't Are you wanna, evil right now? And I, Are you evil maybe, right now? Maybe I am. Um, I Nancy gets a good line. Also, <laughs> I could have done that. I could have done it. Were you a Nancy in high school? No. 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 I was like a wannabe Oz in high school. I was I was a wannabe Ray Ann Graff, if we're going to be really serious sure, sure. about who I was in high school. Sure. And I was you much be more. Sedated. I get it. Yeah. But I was much more of an Angela Chase. But I don't think Angela Chase is a Nancy. No. Uh, Cheryl is a Nancy. Ah, Sharon. Sharon, 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 Sharon is Sharon. a Nancy. Yes. Yeah. Sharon right. is the Nancy. Sorry, guys. Mm. <laughs> you know, Sharon's a lot cooler than... Well, but People Sharon is, give her credit Sharon for is, maybe Nancy's a lot cooler. Yes, Sharon is fleshed no, out I can tell. <laughs> way more. You can tell. You know. Yeah. Okay. Maybe no Nancy, offense. Maybe Nancy just needs a Rand Graf to shake her up a little. Exactly. Mm, maybe. She's, oh my she's god. She's rocking some like really aggressive knee socks at one point in the episode. <laughs> we'll say that for her. So, um, so Jonathan, we figure out is was not gonna uh, hurt anybody. Would never hurt anybody. He says in such a sweet, like, believable, you know, it's just a very nice, like, I would never. Uh, and then, of course, there's this scene, which I know you love because we watched the episode together. And when this scene started, you were so excited, Joanna, with the jello. 
and it wasn't the jello it's the shot of the, her like, with the rat with poison the right? it says rat poison the, <laughs> lunch, letters. the lunch lady which is not a trope you see very much in comedy anymore but the lunch lady was such like a trope in the 90s yeah. i think because of like you can't do that on television i was gonna say that that's yeah. exactly what it makes me think of. and like i think chris farley did a lunch lady character and stuff like that so like that's a that's a hardcore trope but like her just frozen it's like it's such an anticlimactic dating moment of like this whole this like whole thing's happening and then like xander in pursuit of jello just stumbles upon her <laughs> in pursuit of jello and, and someone uh someone wrote in a long time ago back in november but really wanted to get ahead of the curve and and uh told us hey if you haven't noticed it watch the scene where buffy is fighting the lunch lady and all of a sudden you'll see the stunt double and the stunt double is like a tiny man yeah. instead of the lunch lady. And so we watched knowing this Scott S thank you for that heads up. And you should go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. Cause it is like just literally a small man in the lunch lady outfit with the like with a bad wig on like yes! uh, Kristen was like oh we've been told to look for the stunt double so I was looking for the stunt <laughs> double but I didn't have like tiny man in my head I was just like okay different stunt double different person and then I was like that is a small man <laughs> what's happening there it's just like really really funny so go back and watch if you haven't there's a line uh, just just t- uh, to go back quickly to the Buffy Jonathan sort of there's a line that I just remember repeating myself as a teenager because I don't know. I had problems. Um, where Buffy says, my life happens to occasion suck beyond the telling of it. That's mm. a line that's stuck in my head forever. And Well crafted. I, yeah. You know, I it's very, I mean, it's well crafted, but it's also like a little oh, oh, torturous and weedy or like whatever. But like, it's still it just stuck in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like something I would say to myself when I was feeling self-pitying or thinking about other people mm-hmm. you know, right right like on an occasion when maybe like you had sex with your boyfriend and then he lost his soul and then he opened a gate to hell and then the only way you could close the gate to hell was by murdering him even though he had just been re-insoled before your very eyes and had no memory of what happened and looked into your eyes and was like buffy and then you kissed him and then you thrust the sword into his chest and then pushed him into the gaping maw of a kafa. Yeah, and then you put on like your sad overalls. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then the Sarah McLaughlin kicks <laughs> Yes, oh. all those things. Like that. Like the winter is like really cold and bitter. I'm just saying. So You're not gonna you don't wanna sing, not sing in for us in front tonight. of you guys. So no. <laughs> Uh, I wrote, um, wow, nice outfit, Buffy. Oh, because in the last scene, she's wearing this black and and white outfit that is really nice. The skirt is like, you know, like you can see that the skirt, the top layer is see-through, but then there's like an underneath layer that's white. I'm just really into it. I And like really high black boots. Yeah. Actually, my favorite outfit and maybe one of my favorite Buffy outfits ever is early in the episode the gray sweater with the black tank top and the long gray skirt with the embroidery. Now that skirt I noticed. Yeah, that she like faints in in the the cafeteria. Um, I love that outfit. (laughs) Sorry. Traditional fainting skirt. Looks really good on the floor covered in mashed potato. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... This is, I, the, the thing I don't like about this last scene is that she shares this moment with Jonathan and it's really like a nice moment or like, you know, and then 
I don't know. I just feel like a lot of it's undone when she's like, ugh, I wouldn't ever. Like, he was. What am I, St. Buffy? Yeah. He's three feet tall. Yeah, what a bummer. So unnecessary. I know. And like, probably realistic to, or like, probably authentic to perhaps her character. She's a high school student. And I'm not saying all high school students would uh, behave like this or speak like this, but certainly it's not far from. It's a fucked up time. It's a fucked up time, but I still I'm hate really it. I'm going to have a problem with him. I'm going to the problem with my 234 year old. <laughs> <laughs> what? 243. 243. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, sh- yeah, just shaving nine years off. a lot of bad girls, like more than you think. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and then luckily we turned the corner out of that. Uh, less than wow. happy moment to the final line. Just right? gotta let him know. Just gotta, gotta let, let him know. Him know. Um, I read that the that Giles walking into a tree on the way out of the episode uh, was Anthony Stewart's head's idea, and he did not think Joss would let him do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great and our arbor. What do they say in West Wing? An arbor arboreal. Ooh, an arboreal. Came to an arboreal stop, right? Arboreal stop, right. One of my favorite lines, perhaps my favorite line in the whole series, and fitting since we just spoke with Rishi. Yeah. Uh, Yes, Giles comes to an arboreal stop with the revelation of this information. So there it is. What do you do when your not daughter finds out that you had sex with her mom? Oh, you run into a tree and then you drink a cup of tea. But then you should just go immediately and have more sex yes. with Joyce. Yeah, oh, once she knows, it's like the Put damage the is done. Put the shirt back on. Yeah. Rumple your librarian hair and go on Bring over. Bring her record over, man. She's waiting for you. Joyce the craftsman. Does not have a record. <laughs> <laughs> Meet you at the craftsman. Oh, wow. Joanna. I'm so glad that you're here. What a joy. I can't believe that you're here in, what a in person. You and I only met face to face. Like, was that a week ago? I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, only a couple weeks weeks ago. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. and now here we are. Jenny and I are old friends. Way back, way back, a few months. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Uh, Rich history. I know that. I mean, you are like top friend of the pod. You know, you're 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 on uh on our podcast all the time. We would love to have you on it every day of our lives. But will you just tell if if somebody's listening to this episode? And they've never heard you on our podcast before, and they've somehow never heard you on every other podcast. That seems you impossible. Do. It seems it seems impossible. But I feel you... like they didn't like me the last couple times I was on, but this time I won them over with irrelevant mug yeah. and or shampoo <laughs> and, and <laughs> or Larissa Olianek and or copy rhyming copy rhyming slang. I oh, think yeah. is, is your ticket in. I think while working for you this episode. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah. So I write for a website called Vanity Fair, not to be confused with Sanity Fair, and. Um, um, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This, and I do some other podcasts like Little Gold Men about award season, Storm of Spoilers about whatever. This week I ranted a lot about Gay Dumbledore. And Ooh, um, I'm going to yeah, listen to that. A lot of thoughts about it. And also, still watching, uh, where we are watching American Crime Story, the assassination of Gianni Versace. Wow. wow. So many thoughts wow. in your head at all times. Wow. And then, and then like, I can't keep them to myself. I just spew them out. I'm like, Cordelia, I just think of it. And then I say it into a microphone and I make you listen to it. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not making this podcast, I am making hot, hot jams. You can hear some of them at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. And you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs.
And I'm Kristen Russo. You can find uh, more about me on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also use the spelling I've just given to you for the first time ever to find me on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can learn more about the work that I do with LGBTQ young people and their families over at everyoneisgay.com and mykidisgay.com. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you can always drop us an email at Buffering the Vampire Slayer at gmail.com. Yes, and you can support the podcast in a few ways. One, of course, going on over to iTunes and rating and reviewing us. Two, going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on Patreon, becoming a part of our Patreon community. It really helps the work here continue to go on, continue to grow, and you get really fun things in exchange. Like, for example, next Sunday, February 25th, we are all getting together. All of us patrons are getting together to do a Buffy watch of Doppelgangland, which is a pretty fun episode. I think you could all agree with that. Uh, that's something really fun we do for any level. So patrons, heads up, reminder to you, Sunday, February 25th, all the details are on the secret Facebook page and they're also in the Patreon only posts. You can find them there if you want to join us. Uh, you can give it any level and then you can come on and Jenny and I will watch Doppelgangland while you watch Doppelgangland. You'll be able to see Jenny and I as we talk about the episode and also chat in the room, which is really fun with the many, many people who join us. So we all watch together like a little family. It's great. Uh, a reminder that we have lyric sheets up on the site. You can find them on the top bar when you go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com. They will be up through the month of February. All proceeds are going to benefit the Brown Boy Project. So head on over there, the top bar on the site. You'll see it and grab one for the month of February. We're really excited to support their work. Also, because we have discussed earshot today which deals with suicide i wanted to put right here in the podcast a couple of suicide resources there is the national suicide prevention lifeline here in the u.s 1-800-273-8255 that's 1-800-273-8255 and i also want to mention the trevor project the leading national organization providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention to lesbian gay bisexual transgender and questioning young people you can reach them at one 866 488-7386. Again, that's 866-488-7386. Those resources will be also in our show notes. Thank you again, Joanna, for being here with us, Jenny. Let's uh let's howl out. Until next time. No one sees me, I'm right here Might as well just disappear no Can I go now? Can I go now? Don't know what this has to do with me Can I go now? Can I go now? Don't know what this has to do with me Can I go now? Can I go now? My thoughts are what this has to do Thinking he is Can I go now? Oh my god, it's a lot Give me silence So many voices in my head Can't shut it off through the noise Someone's saying Next day coming, we'll all be dead Oh my god, it's a lot Give me silence So many voices in my head Can't shut it off through the noise Someone's saying Next day coming, we'll all be dead those handcuffs, that cop car, long night I can't forget. If she can't hear, if she can't hear, if she can't hear.
It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand-friendly, but don't worry. I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.